Welcome to Indie Insider, presented by Blackshell Media. This is the weekly show where we speak with indie video game developers, publishers, and industry professionals about their projects, their stories, and their advice to others. I'm your host, Logan Schultz, and today on the show, I sit down with Rebecca Rocha, a young up-and-coming artist with big aspirations. We talk about her origin story, what it's like breaking into the industry in Seattle, and we chat at length about the nature of women in the video game industry. Before we get to the interview, however, a couple of quick notes. This show is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm working to help indie developers reach their goals and new audiences. The company also strives to offer unique, inspiring, and even educational services for developers, publishers, and gamers alike, which is why we get to bring this show to you. Speaking of which, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes and other podcast services across the internet, and please leave a review. If you'd like to be a part of the show and share your thoughts, questions, or even request a professional to bring on the podcast, send me an email at logan at blackshellmedia.com or reach out on Twitter at Logan A. Schultz. Finally, special thanks to Rebecca for joining us on the show, as well as Benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for allowing us to use his song, Going Higher, in the show. And now, Rebecca Rocha. Insider today, I'm talking with Rebecca Rocha. Rebecca, how's it going? Hi, pretty good. Thanks for asking. Good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Good weekend. Yeah. Stuck. Yeah. Where are you based out of? Uh, I am currently in downtown Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Okay, great. Did you have a good Thanksgiving then? Oh, yeah. God, we ate a ton. It was great. Oh, yeah, I did too. I love the, love the pie. So <laughs> that's my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Becca, I'm really excited to have you on the show today um, because you're going to bring a different perspective to the show. We haven't really talked too much yet about your story, so I'm excited to hear what we get to chat about. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. I want to hear your superhero origin story. Tell me who you are, where you're from, why are you on the Indian Insider podcast? Sure thing. So uh, I went to the school at the Art Institute of Seattle and at that point in time, uh, because of the recession, it was incredibly difficult to find a job where you didn't already have something sort of established. And so what w- a lot of us ended up doing was going towards more of the game testing route. And through then, you have to sort of just find your way in or just create your own content. And mm-hmm. for me, that was sort of my gateway. I was like, okay, you know, if, if I don't have the experience, I'm going to make my own experience. And so that's kind of where I began to create my Let's Play. That's where I began to just jump into teams and try to create a game because that's what I love to do. Sure. So let's get a little bit deeper into that. Um, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? How did you first get into video games? 
So when I first started, uh, I, <laughs> when I was little, I went to a little Catholic school in East L.A. So I grew up in East L.A. and started watching anime and Sailor Moon. I'd get up super early to do it. And I remember very vividly my father had a, uh, a Mario game, the Mario game. And I wasn't okay. allowed to play it because I was a girl. And I remember that sticking in my head very vividly. So oh. uh, when I was in seventh grade, I begged for a PlayStation. I wanted a PlayStation so bad because that's what all the neighborhood kids had. And I did. I got it. And I fell in love with The Sims. And I fell in love with um, <laughs> dating it back to my Sega Genesis, my very first Sega Genesis. I had Sonic the Hedgehog. And that was how I was able to come home from middle school. And middle school was intense. You know, when you're 12 years old, that was intense. So sure. that became my way of decompressing and kind of just being able to kind of cope with all all of the stuff going on at school. So that's sort of where I came from. And then suddenly it, it clicked that, man, I really love to draw and I really love games and why not put the two together? So at what point did you decide that you wanted to kind of jump into this industry as a professional? That's the funny thing is when I initially went to school, it was for media arts and animation. And if you don't know, media arts and animation is predominantly animation or uh, creating backgrounds and environments for film. However, sure. when I got out of school um, in Seattle, we're very game dev friendly. And the more friends that I made, the more they sort of got me into the way that they would create their own little apps or their own games. And I kind of thought to myself, like, hey, I can do that, too. I, I would be able to provide the assets for that as well. So why not? Because I love to game anyhow. So it was definitely an accidental kind of thing. I it, it found me more than I looked for it. What was the first project you worked on? Do you know? The very first, well, the very first non-gaming project project I worked on was for my production team and we put together this and I'll, I'll give you the link for it but we put together this 2D 3D hybrid with my backgrounds and their animation on top of it um, but then outside of that what I ended up helping with was uh, a team there was a team uh, that I met through work game testing but unfortunately that had fallen apart but I still had materials and environments that I had created so uh, most recently the team that I have Fuzzbot we were all just a bunch of game testers but we were producers and environment artists and programmers and like we we kind of sat around and we're like what are we doing <laughs> why don't we just make a game we have our studio right here um so that's kind of what leads me to to today tell me a little bit about fuzzbot then just the, a brief overview fuzzbot sort of came together with my my lead at well my former lead i should say uh, we were all part of a team for Microsoft called Shield. Funny enough, so we called ourselves Agents of Shield. Excellent. Uh, and, well done. <laughs> and um, my boss had just, we all went to dinner one day. Uh, we were celebrating somebody's birthday. And we sort of came to that conclusion, like, haha, we should start a studio. Um, and we're just this ragtag team of of we have some gender non-binary folks we have some folks uh cisgendered folks and we just sort of kind of come together and uh much like artists in a studio there are times that we just 
we'll throw together art or we'll just discuss at length what the what the game needs and it's um just to give a really brief overview it's about a, a magical girl but she has um uh, different types of, of uh, things that she has to deal with mentally. So each stage of the game is based on a mental illness. And so that's sort of where we're paving a path for uh, games that have a bit of ethos, a little bit of pathos uh, in it. So our, our team is just this ragtag team of, of former game testers or current game testers, I should actually say, uh, that decided to sort of come together and collaborate and create a game. I love it. That's the indie style, right? That's the way <laughs> to do really it. <laughs> it really is. Well, before we dive too much into kind of your current work and, and some more projects, I want to pick your brain just a little bit on the indie video game industry as a whole. Absolutely. Uh, you're still based in Seattle, right? Absolutely, uh, yes. Tell me a little bit about what the indie industry feels like in Seattle. You said it, it was pretty, pretty welcoming, pretty open. It is. So the thing is, I had to absolutely immerse myself in this community. It doesn't come to you. You have to go find it. Uh, most of the meetups that I went to began as me just finding it on Facebook, me uh, collaborating with friends or friends inviting me to it. And through that, I was able to find women in VR. I was able to find um, ArenaNet just recently hosted a women in tech slash gaming panel that I was able to attend. And then most recently, I was able to be in a panel for women of color in gaming, which was really exciting. But um, like I said, I had to go find it. And through word of mouth, I was able to find industry night here in Kirkland. It's the first Thursday of every month. And every single person that I meet that ha is either making games, thinking about making games or in the industry, I encourage them to go because networking is the bread and butter of our industry here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't guarantee you 100% of the time it's going to create results, but that's how I was able to meet a, a director from California who had just moved back who uh, I, he had worked on some Nintendo games and I, I'm failing to remember them. Um, but that really was what catapulted me into having more confidence in going, okay, yeah, you know what, this is something that I could do because other people sort of had a very similar story. Yeah, I... I mean, I can't tell you enough how much uh, just networking as a whole matters in this industry. And, and clearly, um, you're, you're spot on with that. I want to talk about your day-to-day. -day. Now that we kind of know, you know where you're at and the story of how you got there, tell me what, your, what a day in Rebecca's life looks like. You're catching me at such a funny transitional point because I was listening to podcasts telling me, you know, don't expect your day job to fuel your dreams. And it's true. I mean, prior to the job that I have now, I'm currently a game tester for Glue. And it is the happiest that I have been in such a long time. But when I am not at Glue before, <laughs> before and after Glue, it is that hustle. Um, prior to that, I'm, I'm trying to learn something new every single day. I'm watching. Uh, I get up early in the morning, 6 a.m., I'm on YouTube or I'm on Udemy and I'm watching a tutorial about uh, how to sketch a character or I am listening to uh, perhaps how to network better, how to do follow-ups, how to um, brush up brush up my resume, things like that. So while I'm at work, 
while I'm at work, I'll do the best that I can to uh, show that I, I'm interested in moving on up. If you, In case you don't know, for a lot of artists, the way that game testing goes is we learn the pipeline in order to move up and work for said company. That is the dream, and that's, that's something that a lot of us push for. Uh, and being in a game studio, just working in a game studio is phenomenal. And it feels like mm -hmm. home because... This is the first company for which I'm able to actually meet and interact with the producers, the, the, the developers, the other artists, and really use those networking skills that I have created when I was not in a game-related job and bring them over to my work field and really be able to utilize that. So when, I do, when I'm on the bus, when I'm going home, that is the essential time that I use because my commute is about an hour from here to work. Sure. Yeah. So I utilize that and I listen to um, a creative podcast. I listen to uh, these, these tools to keep my brain going while I'm sketching on the bus. I, I, I use every, a little, every little bit of my time so that I'm learning and I'm growing. And then, uh, you know, we all need those, that time to kind of wind down. Uh, I'm, learning how to do that is because when you are hungry for that, when you want it, it's going to just absolutely absorb every bit of your waking hour. Uh, so um, I, I'm working on my chill, but um, so that's, that's <laughs> like my nine to, you know, my nine to five or more is, is really making an impression at my new job. And then when I'm not there, I'm working on uh, my YouTube channel or um, I'm working on sketching just for fun. I, we come uh, just last month. I did. I finally actually completed Inktober, which is a huge deal because it's drawing every single day for a month. And, if you've ever podcasted for a month, if you've ever done anything consistently for a month, it's almost brutal day in, day out. Uh, but sure. really, really, it's it's that grind. It's that hunger that is sort of what pushes me to get up in the morning, jump, basically jump out of bed, learn something while I'm eating, get on the bus, use that commute time to sort of listen to a podcast or or, or draw, draw, oh my God, draw every day, draw in your free time. I mean, that's sort of what what I use my free time for. That way I can, you know, someday be on the other side of things and say, oh, here, okay, this is where I needed to be. The life of the hungry artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then that begs the next question. What are you working towards? What is the ideal future for you? Every time I close my eyes and I'm picturing it, like my intention, right? You wake up every single day with intention. Mm -hmm. I want my own studio space. That's the goal uh, at present because um, doing, your, doing your art at home is one thing, but being able to take your studio, your team, and bring it into your very own studio and be able to work on your pieces and your game and also have maybe a dog running around the studio. That's that's my dream. I mean, I never had a preference out of school because in school it's a very prestigious thing almost to be like, I wanna work for an indie company. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the difference, I was in animation. So when I did graduate 
And I, I, again, I just sort of accidentally found myself going, yeah, the AAA games, working at Bungie would be amazing. But having, being able to set my own rules and being maybe the creative director or being the, one of the lead uh, artists on my own game would be really rad. And so when I do close my eyes and when I am sort of like drawing and, and, and fantasizing about where this uh, game would go, it would it would honestly to be my own studio. You know, one aspect of hosting Indie Insider that I really love is getting to talk to people who are in all different stages of the process of being an indie video game professional. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying hearing your story about, you know, it feels like you're very early in the process. It feels very fresh, but it feels very promising. Mm-hmm. So um, congratulations on, on your hustle. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk to you about being a woman in the video game industry and specifically um, women of color in the industry. Mm-hmm. That's a really big thing that you that seems to be a part of your life and a part of your work. Tell yeah. me a little bit about about your personal experience and about what you're trying to do to address that. So I've mentioned uh, before that I go to industry nights. I do try to make my face known out here just because it's such a small community and you want uh, people to know who you are. You absolutely do. Like right. in this in this industry right now, you got to know somebody who knows somebody who knows your next cousin's person. That's just how it is. And I don't wake up every day going, oh, I'm a Mexican woman. You know, I don't, I don't, that's not something that goes into my head until I go to industry nights. And there was this one particular event. I remember I was talking, I was talking to a programmer and, and I'm, I'm, I'm fairly short. So I'm looking up at him and I'm having a chat with him. And I remember a guy behind me speaking right over my head to this guy behind me, right over my head. And I remember turning and just absolutely disbelief and going like hey you know i'm having a conversation with this guy you know you can i didn't say like wait your turn but i i I definitely indicated like (laughs) hey you know we're conversing at present and sometimes it truly is brought to my attention that the minute i step into that interview the minute i walk up to um somebody of a, a the opposite gender i need to prove i know my stuff and nobody else really has to do that. But I know that. I feel that. And and I know uh, sometimes being a woman, especially, you have to sort of just prove uh, that you know what you're talking about. That when you mention, oh, man, I'm going to get an Xbox One. Really? Yeah. What games do you play? And you almost have to prove you're not a, a, a casual, quote unquote, <laughs> when, you're, when you're just gaming. Right. Yeah. I was hesitant about even creating a Let's Play because I didn't necessarily consider myself um, a, a, a gamer in terms of a grinder, right? Like a hardcore gamer. But I have gamed almost all of my life. You can't take that away from mm-hmm. me. I spent 12 hours on Sonic. You can't take that away. <laughs> so <laughs> so that it, it, it is more or less brought to my attention Rather than me going and looking for it to offend me, if that makes any sense. You know, I don't go in with that indication, but it, it has been brought up. And so what I have to do is just really set those boundaries. Like, hey, dude, like, I'm having a conversation with this guy. Or, hey, excuse me, um, you know, I was here. 
I am here. And that is essentially what I sort of just have to do is I have to make my presence known. And very rarely do I get fought on that. It's just, uh, for the most part, I, I'm not seen yet. And so I'm just trying to make that space for myself. And that's the truth. Well, it's... It seems like you are getting some positive response to your work and, and some positive response to your voice so far. Have have you noticed that? I think so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I hosted, um, I did a women in tech Snapchat takeover where I went through, I literally showed folks what I went through and, and I even gave some networking tips because if there's anything that I, I personally have received from my grandfather is the gift of gab or schmoozing. A bit. I know how to talk to people. I genuinely enjoy people. So I know how to talk to them and I know what it takes to really, you know, show them how I do what I do. And so through that, I was able to meet Nicole uh, Deinzer. She is the creator of Epiphania. It is an online women's magazine and she just happened to be doing an editorial on women in gaming. And I, I suppose that it just was meant to be that somebody in California noticed me for my work and another Latina who just happened to be into video gaming. And that, I think that was validating. That was validating. That's when I was like, oh, hey, here I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but for the most part, I, I just try to stay humble and, and keep at it. Yeah, I totally get that. It's it's a difficult thing, right, to, to put your finger on. It's difficult to... Yeah, I don't. I don't know necessarily. Um, nail down what the answer is, but it's it's great to have you on the show, and it's great oh, to have you in the industry. Um, so you know, I'm excited about your work. I've taken a look at some of your things. I think um, you're you're on a great path. So, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I I really hope that things continue to go well for you and. It, before we leave the topic, I do want to ask you, what do you think we as an industry should be doing in order to get more women in the industry, in order to get more people comfortable with, you know, working in that capacity and, and particularly women of color? Um, but, but what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? So this has been a discussion that I've heard and uh, that I've been asked quite a bit and the honest to God truth is we don't want special treatment. We just want a chance. We just want to have the microphone for just a little bit to tell our story. Because we have some really unique, fun, wicked, or like horrifying stories we can bring to the table. Just give us a chance. You don't, you don't have to hush every, you know, you don't have to necessarily give us that special treatment. Like, oh, here she comes. She's going to cry if you don't let her. It's more or less like, hey, just just shut up for a second and let us speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That is it. If, if there was a little bit more listening on both ends, we would just have so much more content. Uh, and isn't that just true of everything in general? If yes. everyone just... Shut up and listen a little more. Yes, yes. Uh, so then on the other side of that, what what do you think that women should be doing in order to help make that happen? What's the appropriate way to approach that? I think allowing yourself to just be in that space and stop apologizing 
when you have something really rad to say. Uh, I can't tell you just off the top of my head how many women and YouTubers and gamers apologize for stuff they have no reason to be apologetic for. I mean, uh, I was I was taking a walk. I was playing Pokemon Go with <laughs> with one of my one of my cheer uh, my cheerleading coach, and okay. she also happens to be um, the director for a bunch of startups. And I was asking her about women in tech like what 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 should i be focusing more on she's like you gotta stop apologizing for stuff that you're not sorry for you know you don't necessarily always have to uh you don't always have to be so gentle when you're just saying something that your your team needs you don't always have to put little emojis to kind of soft cushion the message just know that have faith in yourself that you know what you're doing and do right by others uh but just allow yourself to be there and to take up space you're allowed to take up space rebecca rocha thank you so much for talking to me about this um i i really appreciate it it's something that i feel like we don't talk about enough so i'm i'm glad to have you on and share your story I, i really do appreciate that thank you so much for giving me this platform to speak on it i appreciate it absolutely so before we walk away uh, and before I ask you about your advice, which I do on every episode, and I've already you've shared mm-hmm. um, a number of, of brilliant nuggets of advice, but I, I'll ask you for one more. Um, but before we walk away, what's next for you? What's coming up in the coming weeks? What's uh, what's the end of your year look like? What does 2017 bring for Rebecca? So I know that there is going to be um, a video shoot today that we're doing actually funny enough after this podcast. Uh, there's going to be a discussion on women and women of color in comics because comics is another cool. great love of mine. We're doing that today. Um, for Latina Geek, it's going to get bigger and better. Uh, I know that we are looking to have our game knock on wood at Geek Girl Con within the next two to three years. Just keep a lookout for that. And I just want to finish game to just have people <laughs> play it. So that's the dream. That is the end game. Keep the head down, hustle, and, and get the project done. You yeah. got it. Yep. Get it done. Cool. Well, when that time comes, I would love to have you back on the show. Um, I'd love to hear about what you know what the process has been like, what happened. Um, I think that would be awesome. So, And uh, you've been great to talk to. Appreciate thank it. you. I'm jazzed. All right. Last thing. Sure. Share a piece of advice. Wrap up all of the experiences, all the stories. What's if if people listen to nothing else from this episode, even though they should listen to all of it, what's the one takeaway you want to give to somebody? Guys, when you go to these networking events, you need to go there with a specific intention. We all know that we're all hungry and we're all looking for jobs right now. They know. Oh, they know. And they can smell it on you. <laughs> but please be patient. Please be patient with the industry folks that are coming there. Please understand and know how to converse with these guys. And there is a tact to handing out your business card. So please go there and have an intent in mind and that you will go so far by doing that. This has been Indie Insider today. I've been talking with Rebecca Rocha. Uh, We've been chatting about any number of things, but of course her budding career. We've been talking about women in color in the industry. 
Uh, we've been talking about, oh God, we've talked about everything, through everything in there a little bit. Um, the industry in Seattle, it's been great. So uh, this podcast, of course, has been presented by Black Shell Media, an independent uh, publishing and marketing firm out there to help people uh, make their games and connect with gamers and turn it into a career. Um, and they just want to help make people make awesome projects. Uh, of course, you can find them online, blackshellmedia.com or on Twitter, at blackshellmedia. If you want to be a part of the show, if you have thoughts about this episode or anything else, or you have questions or concerns, or you want to suggest somebody to be on the show, hit me up. I'm logan at blackshellmedia.com. That's my email. Find me on Twitter at Logan A. Schultz. I really want to connect with all of you. Becca, if people want to follow you, they love what you've had to say, they have questions, they just want to chat, how can they find your work and follow you and connect with you? I guess. So on Twitter, I'm at Latina Scribbles. Latina Giselle spelled L-A-T-I-N-A Scribbles C-S-C-R-I-B-B-L-E-S. I'm also on Instagram at This Latina Geek. You can find my Inktober works there. And uh, that, those are my two platforms. Awesome. Rebecca, thank you again. This has been Indie Insider, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>